February 2nd, 2023. We're continuing in Masechi Berachot. We're at the bottom of Daf Yod Aleph, Amud Aleph at the Mishnah. The Mishnah, as you recall, we introduced it at the end of last class. Uh, it talks about the Berachot of Kiryat Shema. The Mishnah begins and it says, Bashahar mevarech shetaim lefanea ve'ahat le'ahareha. It means in the morning, in Shahrit, there are two Berachot, the Berachav Yoser Or, and the Beracha, which Svaradim referred to as Ahavat Olam, the Gemara will suggest it might be Ahava Rabbah, as the Ashkenazim do until today. Um, that's the two Berachot before Kiryat Shema. The Ahat Le'achareh, of course, that's Emet V'yasiv, which concludes with Ga'al Yisrael. There's a reference again to the Birkot Kiryat Shema, Uba'erev, in the evening, meaning in Arbit, Kiryat Shema Shel Erev, Mevarech Shetayim Lefanea Ushtayim Le'achareh, two Berachot beforehand, Ma'ariv Aravim, Ahavat Olam. Two afterwards, Emet Ve'emunah, Ga'al Yisrael, and Hashkivenu. Those are the seven Berachot we refer to here in the Mishnah. Continues the Mishnah, and it says, Ahat Aruka Ve'ahat Kesara. It says that one of the Berachot is long, literally translating, and one of them is short. What are those words referring to? What's a long and short beracha? So Rashi suggests the Ahat Aruka Ahat Kesara is a reference to the berachot in Abit that we just mentioned in the Mishnah. Well, one of them, Emet Ve'emunai, is long. Just it sounds like in terms of its words. It's got a lot of words. And one of them is short. Hashkivenot has a little less words. Longer Tos- and shorter. Correct. Tosafot questions the premise. Tosafot argues based on a tradition that once was, sometimes it's long. Longer, sometimes it's shorter. Uh, Tosafot has difficulty accepting that and instead go in a different direction. Harambam, alternatively, interestingly, uh, defines these words differently. Harambam understands these words as the general notion of when we talk about halachically speaking as opposed to word count. Beracha aruka and beracha kesara. When we talk halachically about a beracha aruka, it's a beracha that starts with the word baruch and ends with the word baruch. Beracha kesara just ends with or just has a baruch, one baruch in it, as opposed to opening and closing with one. Um, as a result, says Harambam, this is a reference to not the two berachot um, afterwards in the evening, but rather the first two berachot before Kiryat Shema in the morning. Concluding with Baruch Yoser HaMeorot. And then the second one is Ahavat Olam, only beginning, with, beginning without Baruch and ending with Baruch. That's the reference to Aruka and Kesara according to Harambam. You'll understand in the ensuing words of the Mishnah as well, it can be read either like Rashi slash Tosafot or like Harambam. Continues the Mishnah, it says, Makom, in a place, in a circumstance, She'amru Arich, where the rabbis established that it should be a beracha aruka, define it accordingly. Rashi, in terms of the words, Harambam, in terms of opening with and ending with Baruch, and Orashale Kaser, you can't take away from words or from the baruch at the beginning or at the end. Alternatively, if the structure set forth by the, the, the rabbis is a bracha kesara, you can't elongate it either. Concludes the Mishnah, If the establishment of the rabbis is that it ends with a baruch, then you need to end with the Baruch. If alternatively it doesn't end with the Baruch, you may not inject the Baruch. So it's dependent on where you are and what the rabbis... What, what the establishment... No. Says. Makom is not per se a place and locale. It's Makom in the prayer. It's Makom in life. In other words, what the Beracha is, that's what needs to be maintained. Uh, it sounds somewhat simple. Uh, the only part about it that's that's interesting 
and uh, somewhat um, somewhat informative with regards to how we appreciate and understand Berachot is don't forget that Berachot in certainly the Amidah the way Harambam describes it but really Berachot in their entirety uh, as as a uh, entity really came about initially as it was supposed to be you and I would emotionally connect to God however we saw fit which means to say it feels initially almost as if that spark of what prayer and berachot were supposed to be was completely taken away. The way Harambam describes the history is initially people would pray however and whatever they were feeling. That was too difficult. You and I are not linguists. We don't understand the language. We're not able to associate our feelings with words and so forth. The rabbi structured a prayer. Well, maybe they structure the prayer and you and I can manipulate it accordingly. I'm feeling this way. I want to add to this. The statement in the Mishnah instead, and that's why it's, you know, again, a little bit unexpected, is no. Once there's an established norm, once the order is put in place and the words are decided, uh, there's no manipulating that any longer. But one year on Shabbat, I think it was maybe Shabbat I reflected upon this in general. At times that the Hachamim... Or, or, or the nation, because of need, uh, felt it necessary to codify, to put everything together, there was both a positive and something that was lost as well. You know, when you have expulsion and resettling, you have something like Shohan Aruch. You cannot find greater work in, in our collective memory than Shohan Aruch. It gives us direction, it gives us opportunity to come together as a nation at the same time you lost a certain singularity, certain differences, a certain burgeoning and blossoming and, and flexibility, which maybe was there before it was in a book. Okay, so that was, you have uh, somewhat reflected here at the end of the Mishnah. It says the Gemara, What is it that you say? What are the words of the initial Berachav, Birkot Kiryat Shema in the morning? Amar Biyakov, Amar Biyashaya, Yoser, Or... You'll check the Sidur, and indeed we started that way. Where's that coming from? As you see the note, it's coming from a Pasuk in Sefer Yeshaya. It's worthwhile that we read this Pasuk in its entirety before we continue. It says the Pasuk, I'm reading it from the bottom of the page, Yoser Or, Uborech Hoshech, Oseh Shalom. So far, if you follow in the Sidur, it's identical. But here's the next words, Ubore Ra. The Pasuk says, Ubore Ra. Ironically, or surprisingly, our pasuk says, our beracha says, ubore etako. So that'll be a point that we're going to deal with in the next several moments. But first, just translating the words. Yoser or means you crafted light. Ubore hoshech, you created darkness. The difference between craft and creating, uh, we can discuss in the Hashkafa parasha class on another occasion. Ose shalom, you brought forth uh, or you made um, peace. Ubore, either hakol, everything, or ra, evil. Okay, there's something positive in that. Major difference. Okay, let's read now back in the Gemara. Yoser orubore hoshek, it's the morning, and of course you want to talk about the light. Why are you mentioning darkness? Lema, yoser orubore noga. Now that word noga, the Gemara Masech Pesachim Andav Gimal, suggests is a word that is lighter. It has less negative connotation than darkness. You see, uh, even until today, when people talk about an illness, uh, someone has a, a disease, oftentimes they won't want to say the word. Now, some people will do so because they think there's some sort of superstition. Alternatively, I want to talk positively. Instead of continu- continuously talking about that negative thing with a negative name, I kind of get around it. 
whether appropriate or not, it's a, it's a tendency of human beings. The hachamim, we are well aware, would work with euphemisms often. Saginahor, they would call people who are blind, uh, able to light. What do you mean, able to see light? They can't see light. You wouldn't, the first Mishnah, that's why it comes up in Masech Pesachim, and Masech Pesachim says, Or le'arba'a asar, you check for the hametz, the light of the 14th light, you do it to the darkness. No, 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 we'd like to use cleaner language. Darkness connotes the crime, the difficulty, the, 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 the doubt, the obscurities of nighttime, especially before electricity and lights. Uh, well, that's darkness. So ask the Gemara instead, use the word Noga. Noga is really as the night is setting in. It's not pitch black yet. It's a word the Gemara says. It's a, a more higher level word than Hoshech. Questions the Gemara, Lema Yoser Orubore Noga? Question mark. And says the Gemara, Kedichtiv Kamrinan. We'd rather say it Kamrinan as it's Kediv, as it says it, as it's written in the Pasuk in Yeshaya. Oh, really? So we're so allegiant to the words of the Pesukim? Oh, let's just go a few words onward. Elameata. But wait a second. The rest of the Pasuk says, Ose Shalom Ubore Ra. Mi Kamrinan Kedichtiv. Do we in turn read it as it's? Stated as it's written in the pasuk, elaketibra. Instead, it says ra evil ukvekarinan, and we read it as hakol as everything. Why are we doing so? Lishna me'alia me'al above lishna lashon language. We want to use a higher level language. Hachaname. So too over here, the claim in turn is sure. Do it as the pasuk is. But if there's a word that you can replace and give it a higher level um, meaning and semblance, do so. Why don't you say, Lema noga lishna me'alia. Elamarava, rather rava, instead suggests the purpose and the reason why we switched ra to hakol is for lishna me'alia. Why not change hoshech to noga? midat yom midat the reason is because we are particular, the Chachamim were, to mention evening and night in the morning as well as day and light in the evening. Why is that a necessity? Rabbeinu Yonah and several of the other Rishonim quote from someone named Rabbeinu Eliyahu. He, quote, he explains this based on a Gemara in Masechet Hulin, which effectively states that heretics, or those who are scoffing and once upon a time doubted the truthfulness of Borei Olam, who created all, would state, even your Pesukim say, he only created this as opposed to that. There was a certain fear that if codified as part of our prayer, we just said, Yoser Or, and didn't say, Borei Hoshech, the claim of others would be, you see, even you admit, even your rabbis, even your tradition tells you, your God only created light, but not darkness as well. Therefore, as we praise God in the morning for the light, we mention darkness in the same breath, in the same sentence. Says the Gemara, where do you do that at night? You said you want to be maskir, hoshech, laila, during the morning, and you want to mention not light, morning at night. Says the Gemara, well, midat laila bayom kedam rinan. Well, the fact that you mentioned night in the morning, as we said, those are the words. Where do you find that in the evening we mention light and day? It's good to turn to the page because you'll have a question in a second. Period. The words that we say in the evening are we mention or as leading into hoshech or coming from hoshech and hoshech or. The interesting part about this is that certainly is a reference to or during the night, but you don't need to go that far. 
because if you read just the beginning of the Beracha, it says, Asher bidvaro ma'ariv aravim bechokma, patech she'arim bitvunam, she'neitim ma'aliv dazim, sadeleko kumashvara kekusana, bore yomam valayla. So we already mentioned Borei Yom Avalayla before we mentioned Golelum Pnei Hoshech. So if I'm not mistaken, Shitami Kubetzit asked this question and suggests that interestingly or potentially at the time of this part in the Gemara, those words are not a part of the Beracha. Now for me, this, and we'll see it in just a moment in the Gemara as well explicitly, is a fascinating thing because we accept, the Gemara has it in several places, that our Berachot and Tefilot really emanated from Anshei Knesset HaGidola. At the same time, and it's a point that I like to be sensitive to, there was still some sort of development in terms of details with regards to Berachot. The Gemara on this page will debate what's the Beracha afterwards, um, does it start with Ahavat Olam or Ahavat Rabbah? And you'll have Emoraim talking one to the other, instructing their child how to say it. That's interesting. It means it wasn't decided then. Of course, they didn't have prayer books, and it was still somewhat in development. The Gemara will afterwards talk about what are the Berkot HaTorah. Well, we know the Berkot HaTorah open to the prayer book. But they're debating, and they're discussing, and then they're deciding there was still a development. And as I mentioned on more than one occasion, there is to a much smaller extent, but there is until today, if you're sensitive to prayer books and to tefillot. I mentioned more than once uh, autobiographically that I went uh, to Israel and then studied outside of the community for some time and then returned some 10 years later. Not that I wasn't in for Shabbatot or from time to time, but consistently 10 years later, there were, since I was sensitive to the words of the tefillah, since I was still using the sidur that I used from my bar mitzvah, there were sidurim with the same name on them, but with nuanced changes. There is still until today certain small changes that do either creep in or purposefully um, become injected into our prayer books, into the words of tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which in my mind is not something to mourn, but rather something to be excited about. That means there is still a life. There is still a, a vibrancy and a, and a, and, and a certain um, um, development which is, which is happening uh, before our eyes and, and we are a part of with regards to our connection to God. Okay, continues the Gemara, says, mahi. The other one, meaning we just mentioned Yosef Orobore Hoshech. What's the other Beracha in the morning before Kiryat Shema? Well, if you'll turn in our prayer book, of course, it starts with Ahavat Olam Avtanu. Uh, so it starts with the love of of the world, the boundless love, so to speak, of God for us. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shimuel, Ahava Rabbah. If we had an Ashkenazi Sidur here, we'd open up, and indeed, there starts with Ahava Rabbah. Rama in Siman Samech says, that's the Minhag Ashkenaz. Vechen that's what I was referring to a moment ago, that one of these Emoraim turned to his son, Rabbi Pedat, and the father was Rabbi Azar, and told him, you should be saying, Ahava Rabba. Tanyana Mehache, we have a Beraita, which seemingly accords with this. Ashkenazim seem to be in a good place. Two opinions in the Gemara. Beraita told us, say, Ahava Rabba. The Beraita says explicitly, don't say, Ahava Tolam. But says the Gemara, the, the Rabbana and the Hachamim said, you should say, Ahavat Olam. And they even cite a pasuk to defend this opinion. The pasuk in Sefer Yirmiyah says, Ve'ahavat Olam Ahavtich, Alken Meshachtich Hased. That's the end of the Gemara. Now, the interesting thing is, um, there do seem to appear in our Gemara two opinions. 
And as a result, Saradim, for one reason or another, could be discussed, accepted Ahavat Olam, that latter opinion, that of Rabbanan, and Ashkenazim, and Hag Ashkenaz, as Ramah says it in Siman Samech, have Ahavat Rabbah. But what about Nalbit? Nalbit, the second Beracha. The first one, Ma'ariv Aravim. What's the second Beracha, Nalbit? Well, both Sfaradim and Ashkenazim have Ahavat Olam. Mishnah Barulah suggests that the reason Ashkenazim in Shahrit have Ahavat Rabbah is because the Pasuk says, Hadashim la Bikarim Rabba Emunatecha. The Pasuk, in context of Bikarim, mourning, says the word Rabba, that grand, that greatness, that large amount. As a result, they found it perhaps appropriate to have Ahava Rabba in the morning, whereas in the evening, uh, they went back to uh, the way the Gemara has it for the Rabbanan, Ahavat Olam. Uh, if you switched one and read it the other way, if you're a child and haven't yet gotten the Sidur altogether, if you're beginning to pray and you said Ahavat Rabba instead of Ahavat Olam, or Ahavat Olam instead of Ahavat Rabba, the poskim will write, you're Yosef. How often is this the case where there's a Machloket and Ashkenazim find one way and Sfanadim do another way in the Gemara? I feel like it's always when there are two rabbis, Halakha is X pretty much for everyone? It's a good question. I'm not 100%. I mean, we'd have to, you know, we'll have to pay attention because many of the Berachot will appear in our Gemarot, you know, to come. So we'll have to pay attention to that sort of phenomenon. I will tell you on our page, on Daf Yodal Famudbet, in a few more lines from now, maybe not to be made to the, those lines today, the Gemara will talk about, as I mentioned, Berkot Torah, Siman Mem Zayin and Shulchan Aruch. And the first Berkot Torah, She'e Kedishan Musutav Sivanu, Saradim say Al Divre Torah. Interestingly, the words on our page will say La'as Rosh Rif Rambam will have the Nosa have the Girsa and the Gemara Al Divre Torah, which is what Svaradim do. So interestingly, over there, it's not two opinions in the Gemara; it's two readings in the Gemara. But yes, that's that's how we, you know you kind of came out with two different approaches. So I'm not certain how often, but it does happen. You'll have two opinions again. Oftentimes, we have a we have an instruction manual. We go like this opinion over that opinion. Over here, it's not so simple. You have a Beraita seemingly, which has two opinions, but then you have two Emoraim who may have had knowledge of that Beraita, and nonetheless were saying Avaraba. So although the Beraita might tell say Avat Olam, Saradim will accept that, Ashkenazim might counter, but the Emoraim were doing differently. Again, the depth of Ahavaraba versus Olam also needs to be uh, developed on another occasion. Amar of Yehuda Amar Shemuel, Hishkim Leshanot. Ad shelo kara kriyat shema sarich levarech. Mi shekara kriyat shema, en sarich levarech shekvar niftar be'ahavaraba. This is a well-known um, halakha, uh, maybe obscure in terms of its application, but it's well known for one reason or another. And it goes like this. If a person woke up and decided they want to study Torah, and they already prayed, well, if they already prayed, the statement is, you need not say Birkota Torah any longer. What are you talking I about? I guess they skipped, uh, they forgot to say Birkota Torah. Uh, believe it or not, it has happened that people have asked me this for one reason or another because they heard about this halakha. But the statement is, if you haven't yet said Birkot Kiryat Shema, so then you need to say Birkota Torah, which the Gemara will explain what they are. We mentioned the first of them already. If you've already said Kiryat Shema with its Berachot, again, I guess I ran into Knees, I forgot, I woke up so late, I didn't say Birkota Shachar, I didn't mention Birkota Torah, I just went straight in, oh my goodness, I forgot to say Birkota Torah. Should I now do it? The statement is no. Why? Shekvar Niftar, you already fulfilled it with Ahavaraba. What does Ahavaraba, or Ahavat Olam as we have it, have to do with Torah? Well, to a certain extent, it has everything to do with the Torah. Uh, this Beracha very much has a, a thankfulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Torah. 
And we turn to our Kadosh Baruch Hu and we say, Ten Bili Benu Bina Lavin Laskil Shmobim Modal Amel Shmob Lasot Ukayim Et Kol Divreta Motoratecha Be'ahava The Ahava of God, His love which He showed to us and continues with us is, Va'ere Nenu Motoratecha Enlighten our eyes to your Torah Dabeg Libenu Motoratecha Yachadavina and so on and so forth There's reference throughout in thanking and, and being grateful to our Kadosh Baruch Hu and requesting for aid and, and, and continued success in Torah that's the statement here in the Gemara. There is, alternatively, there is, alternatively, what... I remember once hearing that if you said Kohanim, it could also be your your way of doing it. Is that I, so? I could be mistaken. I don't know. I know in Berkat Kohanim we do mention Be'ahava, um, but there, is, there a, is there a fulfillment on Berkot Torah? I'm not familiar with it. Okay, well, I have to look into that. Um, what I can tell you is Tosafot quotes from Talmud Yerushalmi. And Talmud Yerushalmi has an interesting statement. Talmud Yerushalmi says that the way you'll fulfill Ahavat Olam as being a Bekot Torah is specifically as if immediately afterwards, at some juncture, either right after you finish praying, or at some point, you sat down and you studied Torah. That's the statement. That's what Talmud Yerushalmi says. It's not mentioned in Talmud Bavli, it's Talmud Yerushalmi. Tosafot therefore wonders. They say in the morning when we say Bekot Torah, Scratch that for a second. In the afternoon, I sit down and study Torah. There's a class in the evening. I haven't learned all day. Sit down for a class. Do I need to say Birkota Torah now? After all, the statement seems to be the way to fulfill Birkota Torah is, according to Talmud Yerushalmi, learning Torah right afterwards. Well, maybe that means that if I haven't, I need to say Birkota Torah and then study right afterwards. Tosafos first says, we're not posek like Yerushalmi. It's Talmud Yerushalmi, it's not Talmud Bavli. Tosafot then suggests, very interestingly, and, and, and makes a lot of sense, that when you say the Birkota Torah, literally, it's clear what your intention is. Your intention is Birkota Torah. You're blessing the Torah. You don't need to study Torah per se afterwards. You fulfilled it. When you said Havat Olam, I may have just been saying it as part of Berkot Kiryat Shema. Who said that I wanted to fulfill with this Beracha my Berkot Torah as well? Who said I wanted to have a double function with this Beracha? That's when Talmud Yerushalmi, according to Tosafot, says, you need to stop and learn Torah immediately afterwards to show, to designate, that was mentioned for Berkot Torah. That was mentioned not only as praise in the context of Kiryat Shema, but for fulfillment of this mitzvah called Berkot Torah. Tosafot at the very end then says that they, uh, it, it said that Hasurfatim, the French, had a minhag. It's a minhag which we actually adhere to, uh, many of us, until today. That after Bekota Torah in the morning, which we have at the end of Bekota Shachar, we go into Bekat Kohanim. That's the Torah Shebikhtav. We afterwards have Mishnayot, which are mentioned. We have a Mishnah from Peah. We afterwards have well, many other rabbinic statements. We have the Ketoret. We have, I mean, the Sofatim had their own order and specifics on that. Maybe that's why that's done, says Tosafot. It's done because they're adhering to this Talmud Yerushalmi that after Bekota Torah, you should learn Torah, get the full gamut of Torah, Torah Shebikhtav, Mishnah, Gemara, says Tosafot. But I told you, it's not necessary. And that's an interesting and important point because people sometimes learn something about these laws and then get all nervous. My goodness, I haven't done this right my whole life. I said Bekat Kohanim afterwards. I said right after Asheba Harbano, I said Vaidadber. But then I was late to the Minyan. I wasn't going to go through all the Korbanot. I didn't say the Mishnah. Was it always a Barachalavat No, Tosafot and Halachalama says you don't need to afterwards do all that. There's a Minhag to do so. Maybe in order to give credence to that Talmud Yerushalmi. Conclude with this. Tosafot asks a question in the middle over here, and this will really conclude giving 
giving you a full uh, the, the full uh, um, spectrum of every word uh, every uh, issue that Tosafot addresses Tosafot asks uh, what in my mind is a very famous question and in turn gives a famous answer and that is they say how come when it comes to sukkah for example every time we enter the sukkah and eat the appropriate amount or type of food we make a beracha of on the sukkah how come we don't do that as well for Birkota Torah? How come we make the Birkota Torah in the morning, but every time I sit down to a class, I listen to a class, I study with my friend, I study on my own, I don't make the Birkota Torah again. Every time I fulfill that mitzvah called sukkah, I make the beracha again. How come when Torah comes around, I don't? And Tosafot asks this question, Why should Birkota Torah be any different? Torah is different because primarily, fundamentally, our mind is never off of it. Effectively, we're commanded to be plugged in to the thought of Torah and studying it at all times. The Pasuk in Yoshua says you should be thinking about it, uttering its words day and night. And in turn, each of us is as if we are sitting and studying without break throughout the day. In the words of Rabbi Soloveitchik, as he repeated this Tosafot at a siyum once many years ago, he says there's a difference between what he called a latent awareness, uh, which means that I'm, I'm, I'm almost a subconscious awareness, and an acute awareness, as something that I'm very much involved with. As I have a conversation with you, as I look at you, as I'm thinking directly about you, I have an acute awareness. It's in my conscious mind. Alternatively, even when I'm away from you, if I care about you, I'm still thinking about you. I'm not thinking about you every second in the way that, oh my goodness, what's his facial expression? But somehow, in the back of my mind, anyone who has children is well aware of this sort of feeling. You might play with your child, sit down on the floor, have a conversation with them directly. That's an acute awareness. That's the involvement with the Torah book in front of you. The latent awareness, the subconscious is, I'm distant from the middle of business, and something in my mind, because it was there with me the whole time, triggered my memory. Oh my goodness, my daughter would love this. Maybe I should think about her in this context. Where did that come from? That was the latent awareness. Says Tosafot, Torah, because of its very command of is qualitatively different in terms of its fulfillment by us than Seudat Sukkah. Sukkah, you eat in the Sukkah. Chalas, you finished, you're done eating. Torah is something that's a constant. It's with you at all times. And if it's not, then you're doing something wrong. Then you're not actually living that life of Torah. It means then Tosafot's message, more than their lesson with regards to Halacha, you only make the Beracha once in the morning, their message beyond that is one in terms of our consciousness with regards to what it means to be Shomer Torah Mitzvot, what it means to study Torah. People who structure their days in a fashion, in a way, as such that I began with being involved with, in my mind, Torah, and in turn, every one of my decisions was informed by it. Effectively, I was studying that Torah throughout. Well, it's a nice message. It feels good. I got it. It'll, I'll smile. I'll feel warm. No. Halachic ramifications, says Tosafot. It's for that reason you don't say the Birkota Torah every time you sit down 
to study or you talk words of Torah throughout the day. Effectively, then we've uh, gotten to a point in the Gemara where we read the Mishnah, the Birkot Kiryat Shema, in the morning and the evening, the laws with regards to Berachot. We mentioned in the Gemara the first Beracha, Yoser Orobore Hoshech, we struggled with in the Gemara, why Yoser Orobore Hoshech and not Noga, and why Ose Shalom Uvoret Hakol as opposed to Uvorera. We talked about second Beracha, Avaraba, Avat Olam. We talked in turn about um, about what's appropriate to do with regards to Birkot Torah, how Ahavat Olam can double as Birkot Torah if a person, for one reason or another, skipped over those Berachot in the morning. And we lastly talked in Tosafot about the appropriate way to make those Berachot in the morning and then not repeat them later on, and the lesson that was attached to that with regards to what it means to live and be affected by Torah. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.